This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Uh, just keep playing and keep balling, and be be that defense that we always designed to be. And the only way that that's gonna happen is energy. So everybody, energy from the sideline, energy on the field. Just coach been emphasizing energy this whole this whole off season. So that's what we need this year. Just energy. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, Nate Klaus. That was Deontay Williams, who is a 24-year-old fifth-year senior, uh, but technically could have two more years of eligibility at Nebraska if he wants. He could be a seven-year college player um, at Nebraska if he applied for a six-year and then got his other year back for this year. Uh, But most do expect Deontay Williams um, if he has a good year to, to, to move into the NFL as he might be one of Nebraska's best defensive backs. But, guys, let's get right to it on the mailbag. Um, lots of questions this week. Um, one, of a, one of the better ones is about bowl games. Uh, two, two-parter. Are bowl games confirmed now that all Power Fives are playing? And then two, how many wins with the new schedule qualifies bowl eligibility? Uh, well, what I can tell you is there are no requirements at all uh, for bowl game eligibility. So you can make it regardless. Uh, my question now is, will the conference have oversight of that or will they let the bowls select who they want to select? Um, because obviously scenario B helps Nebraska a lot more. Um, no doubt. Because of the schedule they're going to face. Um, they may only get three or four wins, um, which could put them in a dicey situation uh, to, to get a bowl spot. Um, but you know a lot of these bowl games are going to really want Nebraska, especially if fans by that point could travel. Yeah, and I just don't see the Big Ten trying to keep its teams out of bowl games. I mean, that just seems kind of Well, there's 10 part. Say there's 10 partners and 14 teams. I guess. But that, that's what I'm saying. Like, well, they say, okay, these are the 10 teams eligible to go in Rutgers, Nebraska. And, you know, like, I mean, but, let's hope we're not discussing but even, that. But. I mean, the fact that it is Nebraska and the draw of Nebraska football, even if it's a two win Nebraska team, is going to be significantly higher than a six win Northwestern for television team. ratings. That's what I'm saying. And so, as a bowl, why wouldn't you want? If you have the chance to pick Nebraska and get all those viewers and maybe even fans, I guess, depending on where things are, uh, this seems like a no-brainer to me. And for the Big Ten to say, no, you didn't win enough games in this crazy season that we made even crazier with our stupid decisions, (laughs) that seems like, uh, you know, I guess I wouldn't put it past the Big Ten at this point, but it seems dumb. So, yeah, uh, at least we can rejoice in the fact that as of now nebraska is bowl eligible for the first time since 2016 yeah i i would be completely (laughs) i'd be completely shocked if if the decisions when it comes to bowl games weren't purely financially driven i i just they have to be at this point people are just scrambling to make make back any of what exactly so i mean that's what i'm counting on and until i mean until we uh, we know otherwise. I, I mean, I, I think that's that's probably the the smart bet. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show, taking your questions in the mailbag. And one question: Where's Ethan Piper factor in the line discussion? I know at one point people thought he could win a starting job. Today, right now, he doesn't sound like a projected starter. Where's he at? And you know, I think Ethan is a guy with great versatility. Um, could be a backup center to Cam Jurgens is going to be in that rotation or contention at guard. Uh, but I would think a majority of his reps, from what I understand today, are at center. Uh, but we know he can play guard too. Yeah, and just having guys like that is so valuable. I mean, 
when was the last time uh, a Nebraska offensive line made it through with all five starters through the course of an entire season? I mean, so you, you're going to rely on that depth and having a talented young player like Ethan, that you can get him experience uh, without a overly significant drop off from one to two uh, seems like a, a pretty good luxury to have that. And again, we talk about how much better Nebraska's offensive line is guys like Ethan Par- Piper, are a big reason for that, that there isn't this massive drop between starters and backups to where if one guy goes down, it throws everything off. I think they actually have depth and they have talent coming up the ranks to actually establish a quote-unquote pipeline down the road. Yeah, and, and I think that if, um, if Nebraska hadn't made the move to make Ben Hart the left tackle and move Farniok into guard, we might be talking about Piper pushing for a spot at, at one of those guard positions. But uh, like you said, Robin, I, I mean, having having talented depth like an Ethan Piper or a Brant Banks, who, and these are two young guys, I think, um, you know, that's that's pretty – it's a nice position to, to, to finally be in because it's been a long time since Nebraska's kind of had some guys like that waiting in the wings. And to me, the biggest question is what happens if something goes wrong at right tackle yeah. Ben Hart? Who is that number two right tackle? Um, I, I believe that you could dis- – see a Matt Farniak go back out to right tackle because your experience at guard is much, much better um, where one of those guys, you know, gives you probably your better option to get quote the best five on the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. And so, I mean, even if it doesn't happen week one, Piper's going to have a chance, man. He's, he's a good enough player that he'll be in the conversation. Yeah. I fully expect to see him play at some point this season. Nate sure. rec- uh, recruiting question for you, Patrick Payton, what's the deal? There was talk about him flipping to Penn state um, it's been very quiet on that front. What do you know? Well, yeah, I mean, what what we know is is pretty much the same stuff that we've been hearing, I, I'd say, for probably about the last month now, um, especially when you talk with people that cover Penn State. Sounds like, like what they've been hearing is that the relationship between the Penn State staff and, and Patrick Payton uh, has been, you know, kind of taken up a notch or two. And, and uh, you know, I, I don't know if there's a, a, a decommitment that's imminent, um, you know, from him. But I, I do think that there's probably a little bit of a, a cause for concern, especially when you look at, you know, the, the recent track history with uh, our track record with, with a lot of those kids from, from Miami. So we'll see what happens. I know that would be a, a devastating blow uh, at, for Nebraska in this recruiting class to lose a guy like that because he is a true pass rush specialist um, and somebody that's got, you know, basically everything you're looking for out of uh, impact outside linebacker that can get after the quarterback and that has the measurables that Nebraska likes, so on and so forth. So uh, you hope that they can, they can hang on there, but we'll kind of see. Patrick Payton does not talk to anybody. So right now it's all just kind of speculation and, and what we're hearing through back channel sources. <laughs> Would you ever run into a kid like that in person someday? Don't you know to be just say like, why don't you talk to anybody? Why don't you answer your phone? Like, what is the deal? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's amazing how a guy can just go dead quiet the whole way one thing i will say is there's a counter to that you know there's the guys that don't do interviews and don't get caught up in the recruiting hype and then there are dudes that like text you to do an interview like about them hey you want to talk those usually don't work out so well so i've found there's a balance there between you know guys that are a little private and the guys that are a little uh, overboard to be in the public eye yeah and i think it, a lot of it True. has to do with where where you come from i, I think there's, I mean, for kids from inner city Miami to act this way and to be difficult to, to get a hold of and to not really say a whole lot and so on and so forth, I mean, that's not very rare. And 
Um, you know, a lot of those kids that kind of keep to themselves. Now, obviously, they're way different around their friends and their teammates and all that. But as far as like letting outsiders and people they don't know like in on what they're thinking and what they're doing and who they're talking with, yeah, that does just not happen very often with those kids. Yeah, I'll tell you, one of the guys I remember that was really hard to get a hold of was Rex Burkhead when he was a recruit. He did not do an interview, and John Tallman was covering for the site back then. I remember Rex just said, hey, I don't, I'm not going to talk at all during my senior season. But as we got to know Rex, he was one of the best guys ever as far as talking to and dealing with as a professional, and now you're seeing it in the, uh, the NFL. And final question here, guys. Um, sticking in the secondary now on defense, we've heard a lot, obviously, about DiCaprio Boodle and Cam Taylor Britt at corner, but what about Nadab Joseph? How intrigued are you to see what he can bring to the table and kind of knowing the history with these Miami kids, do you think it's a necessity that they've got to get him on the field and engaged right away? I mean, a lot of it just depends on how he uh, acclimates to you know this level. That's the case with anybody, but especially with uh, you know someone that uh, is a little bit older, how much more prepared is he going to be to be an immediate impact guy? And I guess according to Travis Fisher, uh, you know, he said the things have gone about as well as you'd hoped. He said he's jumped right in uh, with the rest of the guys, and uh, you know, is really uh, impressed in what he's been able to do so far. So I guess. You know, Nate, uh, I'm sure that that's kind of fallen in line with maybe what was expected of him when he, when, he, when he initially committed here. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a big-time player, and there's a reason why he had basically an offer from everybody coming out of high school and why every team in the SEC and, and down south, you know, wanted him um, even coming out of junior college. And so uh, Nebraska was lucky enough to get him. And, and you know, I, I just think it's until we see him practice or hear, you know, how he's practicing a little bit more and and maybe even see him in live action in a game, it's it's always kind of hard to say, well, okay, he's your automatic day one starter, um, especially when you're talking about some pretty good players like DiCaprio Boodle and Cam Taylor Britt who have had, you know, kind of earned the right, I think, to – to at least be called the the starters there at those cornerback positions right now. Well, there's no doubt. And then you got Braxton Clark and Quentin Newsom, um, all guys that can play. Miles Farmer, we know, is a safety, but could end up being a, a guy that can do some damage in that secondary as well. So ma uh, make sure you, you stay on Husker Online. We'll keep you up to date with fall camp. But we're going to shift over now to recruiting as we'll close the show next with recruiting. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show.